How you been? It's been a really long time. Yeah, it's been quite some time. You have been lost. Uh, uh, really? Yeah, of course. Oh, I, I hate how you said of course. There's some truth to that. <laughs> um, damn. Uh, uh, really? Haven't you been really busy? I've been busy. I remember the last time I remember even like corresponding with you, I'm sure there was something else, but was, I want to say it it was in March. I want to say it was the end of March and it is, oh, it is the end of April. So, okay. Like a month ago. And it was like, you were like super overwhelmed or or like things were really, really busy. That's true. Remember that? I remember March. I think March was quite overwhelming for me. And then it got better and better. Right. It's still overwhelming for me, <laughs> but uh, well, well, but you know what I mean, like it, growing pains, growing pains. It's all good problems, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good problem. That's a good way to look at it. Yep. I mean, too, is it, is it is it too? What, what's the exact issue in your opinion that makes it stressful? It's not stressful. I wouldn't call it stressful. It's just oh, it's just challenges which you face when you're scaling up. So. Uh, but is it like what, what emotion are you? Is it frustrating? Is it? Is it? Like, what is it? It's exhausting. Ex- Why? Because you're mentally thinking about it so much, or physically? Because you're the wear and tear you're putting no, in your body. It's not physical. It's it's mental because you have to take care of so many things at the same time uh, when you are scaling up, mm, and there are some mistakes you might do when you are a freelancer, but when you start becoming like start handling an agency, uh, those mistakes come back to hit you. Basically, if you, if when you are a freelancer, you can work with a client the way you want because it's you and the client. That's all. Right. But when you have Why a team, is it different with an agency? When you when you have a team uh, who is going to work with the client directly, or basically you have a team who you have upskilled, you have you have skilled them in a way where they are good with certain things. But when you are doing it. Uh, with the client directly, you're trying to understand a lot more things uh, in more detail. The team does the same team, but their way of so working. You're scaling is- yourself. You're duplicating yourself, pretty much. Uh, I, in many different roles, is what I would say. So I am taking okay. taking parts of myself, like the marketing part, the sales part, the development, the fulfillment part, and then making. One of myself. Jeez, Manan, in- you're not everything. You gotta, you gotta have some fault. Yeah, I have a lot of faults. I never said I'm everything. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, but you're, but you're the marketing, the sales, whatever. Are you getting like then specialists in that domain that are the best in that? Basically, I'm not so replicating myself for sure. I'm not replicating myself. I'm not. Rep- I'm not finding people who can do what I do every day. I don't want that. I, I'm finding people who can do. You don't need that. One specific thing that I do every day. And you just do that. So you are a specialist at development. Just do development. You are a specialist at sales. Just do sales. Don't. Uh, you need, Does it even you need get to... more specific than that though? Like when you say development, do you, do you eventually see it being like yes. uh, glide, right? It could we... be one domain. Airtable could be another. Or even within glide, it could be like front end, back end sort of thing. So we currently you know, have like database setup. How niche does it get? Yeah. We have five developers internally out of which four are experts, including myself. 
Thanks so much. Yes, and I, I would like to say, hopefully this gets on the podcast. I'm probably just going to put this whole thing on the podcast because I am so bad at editing <laughs> and it's so time consuming. And I don't think very many people listen as of right now. So okay. it's like, just put it out there, you know? Like I waste more time editing than probably the total amount of hours that people listen to it, but whatever. Um, patience, that's important. Yep. But yes, I Manon told me yesterday that... Uh, to go to the Glide Expert site, which I believe is glide.com backslash experts. Is it glideapps.com or is it glide? glide it's glide. Glideapps.com. Oh, it is glideapps.com. And I used to own like glideapps.com.au for Australia, like glideapps. I did that with like all the tools and um, I never sold any of them. So it's not really the greatest idea, guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, Manon has been an expert on there since basically Glide had an expert. Whatever really, that was. Not really, but a year. Well, since a year. Yeah. More, so more. a year ago, you became a certified expert. I mean, clearly you were already had the talent there. You just didn't have the certification from Glide. Which, by the way, do you have to pay for that? Not really. Uh, what you do you not really? You don't have to pay for it. You have to go uh -oh. through a few tests and an interview and just prove that you know enough of glide to be to be useful as an expert and uh, yeah so it it has a few tests where they are like you have to create a video technical yeah technical you have to create an app you have to create a video you have to show certain case studies which you have built till so far uh, you have to show how you have helped other people and they have a lot of subject to questions as well after that you go uh, through one round of an interview with one of their uh, team team members, and if if they like you, they'll they'll onboard you. What if you're really good, but they don't like you? Um, I haven't experienced that, so I'm I'm not sure if I. What if they said, Manan? They said we we really appreciate you, like knowing all that you've done now, and like you know your accomplishments and how good you are. Imagine you weren't certified, like technically, and you went to you went to just go get the certification, right? Mm -hmm. And clearly, that's a, a joke. Um, and they're like, Manan, like clearly you're you're actually one of the best out there, but um, I just don't think this is gonna work. Um, maybe maybe come back in a year. What would you say? <laughs> I mean that. That's that's just one one place to validate your your talent, but uh, it doesn't stop you from from doing what you do best, right? I mean, that's one place. That's true. It it gives you some uh, credibility for sure. It gives you a lot of leads inbound for sure. But if you're not there, you you're not going to stop working, right? So it's right. I mean, some other other time when uh, it's it's like a win-win, right? For Glide as well, where the experts. For sure. are, uh, doing a lot of fulfillment and uh, Glide. Well, they don't want to be the fulfillment. They want to be a product. Exactly. So Glide is also supporting the experts by getting leads. So it's it's a win-win. So I think anybody who's doing good sure. work on Glide, Glide would definitely want them to be certified and to be listed on their their uh, website. Yeah. No, I was just like kind of being like facetious. If like they just were like you like totally irrational. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, you know, like you just, just the one individual you met with just for some reason didn't like you <laughs> for whatever, you know, for, for whatever. Um, it, I was, I was just thinking like, would you question like the ethics of glide and switch to something totally different? Like I would, my brain would go there. You I would be like, I, how am I going to endorse this? You already know like, this. 
<laughs> I've had a lot of conversations around this. I chose the tool. I I do I did a lot of research before choosing the tool, uh, which I want to stick to. And the day I chose the tool, I was pretty much focused that this is the only thing I want to do at least till the time I have like a scalable process, and then maybe switch to more, which I which we can discuss towards the end of the uh, podcast as well. But I think. uh because i niched down to specific like just just build glide apps i could also find the right clients i could also qualify the right leads and i could be an expert at one thing and of course that one thing is also super like it it has a lot of internal different specializations as you mentioned so in the team also everybody is doing like a specific role inside but when you see it from the outside you 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 find it as one tool but when you start using it you can do you can solve so many different problems with the same thing right yeah that's just pe- that's just not really understanding it right it's just yeah. not and uh so i w- i don't think you've ever really told me this and yep. i'm very curious can you talk a little bit about this research process and exactly what went into it uh the research with the, the like what did you like like did you have a goal okay I want to build uh you know no code products or no code platform no whatever and but I want to choose one tool and so I'm going to look at every that was like the question you had out there I'm going to I'm going to find one tool and go all in like was that premeditated not really nothing in fact I didn't didn't even know that no code existed this was like falling upon glide was by accident I was trying to solve some of my own problems and some of my problems for my family how did you come across it By I, was, I was trying to solve, uh, like, create a warehouse management system uh, internally, and I had built the whole thing over on on top of Google spreadsheets. So, I think I was decent at Google spreadsheets, and uh, I realized that spreadsheets are not great for the end user. They are good for somebody who is technically sound using a spreadsheet, but if I'm giving it to the blue collared workers on the uh, on the ground. they will not be able to use a lot of i mean they they can do simple things but they won't not even book all just just the average worker <laughs> i mean yeah. in general they they won't be able to open your tablet and do something on the spreadsheet but my systems are working very well on the spreadsheet i just wanted to make those systems access have a better interface have a better interface and make them more accessible and also have like gated content this person sees this this person sees this and he passes on the ball to the next person stuff like that uh, per, With, yeah you could do with a spreadsheet you could simply make different spreadsheets different views and it's a lot of hassle with multiple spreadsheets way uh, better with glide that's like what glide is for like it's exactly. amazing so, it's so a perfect use case building something where how can i improve the spreadsheet interface stuff like that and, and you I got think, glide it's so funny you you fell upon glide with that because think about this you're using google sheets <clears throat> you are googling using yep. google and google owns app sheet which Back is another no code tool that Boy, it did not back then when I was googling. Google did not own AppSheet, so oh, they didn't. Yeah, this was back in 2019. Uh, oh yeah, they they bought them in like 2020, I think, or something. 2020 January or something. Some some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I did find AppSheet uh, at that point. So I had AppSheet and Glide both. I mean, AppSheet was quite small. Glide was also just just beginning, but uh, yeah, I tried both the, both of those out, and my problem. happened to get solved with glide and i yeah. was 
literally mind blown that okay i have no coding knowledge <laughs> I have no background i have not like i i you didn't even write know, one line of code i didn't even know something like this could exist and then i could deploy an app and i could literally show off to all the people involved that look i built this and it's all it's actually solving a problem so that was my how i stumbled upon glide back then i didn't even know that this is called no code i had no idea i mean i was like okay <laughs> this is a tool which can help me you were late to the party yeah i was late to the party maybe no you were like early late you were like in the you know <laughs> mid upper tier okay if that makes any sense but um but one thing that like we probably fundamentally disagreed on for a long time and now yeah. i totally agree with you which is <laughs> the being tool agnostic and being like, you know, what, whatever use case it is, you know, based off of that, we're going to choose the optimal tech stack, what, no matter what tools that is, you know, like not all marketplaces should be on shared tribe, right? Maybe sometimes it's Webflow um, with Airtable and Outseta and something like that. Um, or, uh, you know, there's a lot of different options, um, even using softer and Airtable, whatnot. Um, but you were like, I'm going to get good, at Glide, and I'm going to focus on Glide, and Glide, Glide, Glide. And there was a period when we started using it where, for some reason, I just didn't think it looked good or that people would like it. And this just shows you to not be the judge and the jury of, like, like your opinion just doesn't really matter because you're not the customer either. But I was like, no one's going to like this Glide thing. Like, like, I can't tell them it's Glide. Like, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, this just doesn't look good. And yet, unanimously everyone who was built a glide out thought it was unbelievable it was like it was the exact opposite like like the acceptance was like total literally 180 from what i thought like i didn't even want to share people that it was glide and people everyone was like this is exactly what i was looking for this is perfect um but when we started using it the functionality compared to now is drastically like that team ships can you just talk about kind of like the evolution of Glide and maybe like the particular things that you have found to be the most helpful or, or you know, best features or For what sure. kind of separates Glide from other no-code tools? For sure. So when I began, Glide was simply use a spreadsheet and put it on the front end. So just improve the UI of a spreadsheet on, on an app-like model. But that's what it was back in 2019, end of 2019. And mm -hmm. today we can... I mean, I, you can build a lot of different things with Glide. It's not just limited to phones now. You can use it on websites. Like Glide Pages is a new uh, product they launched uh, in this year itself. Uh, it has all kinds of workflows which you can build because it has like compound actions, which is one of the most powerful things I personally love, which is on the click of one button, you can do like N number of actions. And you can, you can also put logic that if this is the case, do this or do this or do nothing. So that's the one of the biggest features which I love about uh, the recent uh, upgrades. But basically what Glide understood and what Glide did well, in my opinion was, it heard like the, the Glide community was amazing. And uh, a lot of people started using it to build different things. But uh, the Glide team focused on a particular niche. They didn't want to solve all the problems in the world, they wanted to focus on the niche of internal business problems majorly. Of course, you can still build customer facing apps. You can still do all those kinds of things on Glide, but their team always 
if they if they had two features to build upon they chose the feature which would uh, help enterprises which would help uh, like a uh, like an internal team like a they called it dark apps once upon a time they have uh, now changed the terminology but basically any app dark apps dark apps basically the apps which do not see the public oh uh, oh internal yeah. tools internal like tools exactly but uh the 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 main team and i think the CEO they're usually and- ugly <laughs> and like a mess because you you always allocate the least amount of resources to internal tools right versus the product it's it's always the problem solving tools the internal tools they they are <laughs> supposed to solve the problem they nobody cares if they look good or not if right <laughs> click twice and it does the job for you i don't care how it looks right <laughs> i mean but i i i don't want to call names out here but check out amazon like if you if you see any other marketplace and if you see amazon every other marketplace looks better than amazon but you know really you know who's the king wait 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 wait, wait that's fascinating hold on i want to get we're going to get back to the glide thing but wait do you think the amazon experience is bad in general is that like a is that a universal like kind of thing that people believe i don't know other marketplace experiences are better I've seen better. Like, oh yeah, there's definitely better ones, but like, like I think eBay's experience isn't good at, at all. So the user, the customer experience is great. The user experience is decent. The user interface is bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wait, back to the to the. Um, that's so interesting. I just wonder if most people think Amazon's really bad because you got to think about how much money they can invest into like make like tricking you into like, you know, sublingual, me- you know, whatever, or subliminal messaging and, and stuff like that. And if they're screwing that up, all of that is great. I mean, I'm just talking about the UI, the, the looks of the, yeah. of the app. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's more like Craigslist than anything. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, like, yeah, I, would have, I would have mentioned Craigslist as well. <laughs> but people use it. It's wild. No, like it's, it's obviously not a good experience. Solving the problem, which is, which is the need of the hour. And, what happens is these teams focus more on the problem rather than the shiny objects rather than, and of course they do the shiny objects part, but later. So, but now, but, but now with, with tools like glide and, and many others, it's the same amount of time it takes just to be, you know, uh, get the job done and helpful. You can also make it, it it's attractive in, in some yeah. way, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's not like you're adding twice as much time as like where, you know, in the past you would probably have to you can make a totally finished tool. That's just looks so, like it's currently also made. Glide yeah, has its own, its, its own UI designs, which are, which are super clean, which are super great. But if you want to change the way a button looks, and if you want to put it in the, in the raw, in a different corner altogether on your screen, Glide does not allow that. And I find that great because of that minimalism. You don't get lost in designing the app. Rather you, you stick to the functionality. Uh, here, what the benefit is that, uh, if you, if you offer pixel perfect design to, to a developer, he will want to go to the pixel perfect level. He will want to customize everything that is customizable. So when <laughs> you limit the things that are customizable, things become simpler as a choice. Do the customers get upset though? I've seen a few who get like, why can't they do something like this? So, but that's the thing. You can't make everybody happy. 
No, right. But but I mean, as long as you stay firm to that, it has it mostly resulted in them going, oh, okay, fine. Then let's just do it that way. You know, maybe not being happy they, or like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, it needs to be that way. Like, if you don't want to do this, let's code out the whole thing and you wait for three more months. And they're like, okay, let's rather <laughs> do this. <laughs> we'll yeah. figure it out later. <laughs> so it's always, always what they're losing in front of what they're getting. And if that, right. that, uh, what they are actually achieving out of these uh, products is more and it's, it's currently it's been always higher. So then customers don't tend to complain more. It's just how you, <laughs> how you speak to customers and how you align their expectations. And so let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, scaling a services company an agency, right? Uh, what has been something that's happened recently or something that's happened mm -hmm. that was difficult to either manage or get through that you never would have expected would happen while growing a company? Okay. So I never, never really, uh, thought that not everybody thinks like me. So when I was thinking as a developer, uh, I used to think about a lot of different, I mean, I've never, I've not come from a developer background. So I always thought from an analytical mindset that, okay, customer wants this. I try to sit in his position. I try to become like a consultant of sorts, try to understand what he's going through and then put it on the screen, put it on, like start developing. And this was something I, it came naturally to me, thankfully, but until the time I never explored it out there, I, I did not realize that it's not something that everybody is uh, naturally talented at. People could be super talented at developing things faster than me. I'm not saying that I am, I'm overly. But it's talented. intuitive to you. It was, it was intuitive from the start. You know, if something's intuitive. And this is what I call developing because I never knew what developing meant. So. Right. Okay. Exactly. And that's Which what makes I, perfect sense. Yeah. That's what I expected everybody to. Uh, behave in the same manner. And I was like, okay, things don't work that way. Certain people want certain things in a certain process oriented format and they'll give the best output in that case. And uh, they'll be even better in certain cases. Uh, so, and people just learn differently. Exactly. You know, people, people figure out how to do things in a different way, but can result in both people getting to the same place, just different roads to get there. So what I eventually realized was something that is very much focused on the human skill, the human, human thinking capacity, uh, is not scalable. Uh, it has to be broken what down. Is, what does that mean? What so, does that mean? Uh, if I expect people to, people to think on the go, uh, okay. I will find, I'll find the right people who will think on the go as well, but they will always be limited. They will always be choked with bandwidth. So this is what happens. Like if, somebody is great at something, everybody tries to give that part of their job to that person. And right. uh, it's, this skill is not transferable. You can't just get somebody else and teach them that skill. So okay. uh, when you are, when you're a freelancer, you always aim uh, to uh, improve your own skills. But eventually you realize that these skills are not transferable easily. So then you need to literally structure out a process where it's 
it's written down in a way where the person understands exactly what they are supposed to do without really having to spend a lot more time to think okay this is uh this is only i'm talking about in terms if you want to scale up if you want to so have, so wait so have you done this have you done this exact practice i'm like in, literally written out in in process so it's part okay. is what i would say uh we are currently learning on the go do you see it do you, do you see it being helpful like already just going through the process yes definitely yeah so previously yeah. we spent the least amount of time in uh scoping a project we are like let's jump to development because we can develop things in days with glide so let's start developing tomorrow <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll figure it out on the go now we have reversed the whole thing we have started spending a lot more time on scoping a lot more time on understanding all the edge case scenarios everything that the client might need uh like 15 days down the line and we ask them everything up front putting all those things inside a well documented format and then start developing because once we start developing you don't want to go back to the client to ask what more do they need so and this is something that has come a very common mistake by many many agencies especially in this field mistake that has it's still biting me like it's still coming behind me because i have clients who started with me <laughs> in in a in a journey where we used to ship things in in two days and but the <laughs> things which were probably they were they were solving the problem maybe but they could have been done in a better manner right so yeah the transition is is difficult uh we are trying to find the balance over there uh, you cannot document everything i mean that's one thing that i have also uh, learned in this process that not everything can be completely process oriented you have to have like a balance of both like that that's where like trust comes in and like yeah. the the human being and yeah. right there there's always that element so you can control human element will always come in when you want to brainstorm when you want to think and do creative work when you want to come together and solve a Deep new problem work, yeah. when when you want to uh when there's a new challenge the client has thrown which we have never seen before but the same challenge if the second client throws to us that should be documented because right i don't want to brainstorm again on the same challenge like the same problem the same algorithm it, like a so it's problem. like it's like um it, it's exactly like uh principles uh uh which is uh like by ray dalio and essentially is everything Ray Dalio is for anyone does know uh is uh, the founder and he was a hedge fund guy for, of Bridgewater I think Bridgewater Capital or whatever Bridgewater and he's returned the most money to shareholders ever um and anytime a situation like what you're saying came up like something different uh was like a new use case he would or if it came up again I mean if something repeated itself he would then write it down and like into a principle of like how to deal with that situation and so how to solve it every time you know because it kept because he believes that everything just repeats like you know in just different ways and forms but it's really the same elements and he did and he would write those down and then he published it in a book which is amazing um, i would highly recommend reading but um that's essentially what you're saying is like if it gets brought up again it should be document i mean i don't love that word either but like you know put into principles where everyone should just you know how to react to this you know particular request or what not right yes is yes. that kind of what you're saying yes yes that's that's in similar lines yes so yeah. just to add on top of it 
I started with de- with hiring a lot of developers, but like five developers in the same room and nobody to manage those developers and nobody to write down a code is <laughs> <He's> a mess. <laughs> So then we started. Why, why is that, Manan? <laughs> How can that get so messy? Uh, it gets messy because developers never want to document things. Trust me. <laughs> they don't want to sit and write down something on, on a Word document or on a Notion document. They're like, I would prefer spending my time on doing what I like doing. So. Can't blame them. Yeah. They, they are good at hearing. They are good at all those things. But I personally don't like putting notes together. So it's, I'm, yeah, I don't either. I was going to say, I don't think a lot of people, they think of it as like administrative, but it's not, it saves so much time in the long run. There are, there are the right kind of people who love doing that. So, <laughs> and I mean, I, I love those kind of people because they are exactly opposite to what I am. They're my favorite. Those <laughs> are my favorite people in the world. And with, with them involved, like with that strong uh, team member in the team who is, Who's doing exactly opposite of what you're doing? I mean, if you have that person, it's it's a great partnership to have, and that's the kind of people I try to, you know, uh, grow with. Right. And so, as your team has grown, what 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 has the hiring been like? Like 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 what what like what did you need first? What did you do second? And would you have done it differently? Like hiring, you know, another developer, you know, another maker, or you know, an administrative. Like, how did it actually go? And then versus, would you have done it differently? So far, so so far, hiring has always come out of need for me. That I That's it's high time good. that I I need somebody. It's high time that I need this particular uh, place to be filled in a way. And so, oh, so it's obvious. In in a way, it's it's always been uh, uh, not completely, not fully desperate, but like solve Organic, the problem when it arises. Solve the problem when it arises. Like I never. Never for like never tried to foresee the problems before they came in. That okay, three months down the line, I'll need a developer. Start hiring from now, or start finding the right people. Start creating a structure. So there comes my mistake. The mistake which I did was I hired uh, in urgency most of the times, and when you hire in urgency, you tend to, the same person if you hire with a set process, and the same person if you hire in urgency can give you different outputs. So I am, I am super, like, I'm super grateful to have the team I have today. All of them are amazing people, but to nurture them, if they came through like a set process, they would have been better prepared to, to what I was offering. Uh, otherwise they came in, they spent like a f- more time than, uh, it was needed just to get to a point where they are useful for me. So, uh, right. Yes. That's a, uh, that, that's a perfect example yeah. of exactly why those principles and writing them down. Like, yeah. but you, you, you kind of, I feel like that's a growing pain that you just, no matter what you're building, at least in my experiences too, building companies is that you have to sort of go through it's just part of the, the route of any type of business is that no, 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 you have to experience it once. Exactly. You know, like, oh, this is why we need that. <laughs> like, okay, now next time we could do it the same, you know, ahead of time. This is when I realized why serial entrepreneurs do very well because they have done all the right. before and now they're like, okay, I know the structure. I know the roadmap. Now let's figure out how to, how to scale. I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence. Like when you see like 
someone who's been a CEO three times over and, you know, had tremendous success at every single one, but one company was in like the fashion industry. One was in like oil and the other was like, you know, playing cards, but that yet they all succeeded because it's definitely an art, you know, uh, growing, growing a business, but there's absolutely a methodology and science to it where it's scalable and repeatable. And that's why, you know, there's certain people like, it doesn't matter what industry it is. It's building a company, you know, like it's, it's almost irrelevant what the product is because building a company at its core is an independent thing in itself. Yep. So, I mean, it's definitely a skill. It's definitely, it, it's something that you, I mean, in my experience, I, I never, I've read a lot of books. I've tried to go through a lot of courses, <laughs> but these things come, these things actually come when you are experiencing them. The books will, you help can't you. get it from a book. Books are great though. They'll help you prevent but, certain things. They'll help you be prepared. Definitely. But when it comes to you, that's when you actually learn. Uh, yeah. I mean, all you, the, the only true part of every plan is just expect, just knowing that that plan will not go according to plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that's probably the only sure bet of any plan. That's why you can't over, over plan. But, um, you said something interesting about how you flopped or, 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 or switched, um, the scoping, how you did very little time, went right into development fast and then reversed it of going deeper on the scoping and, and then, you know, much more thorough and then, you know, get to the engineering. Was there a particular thing that happened that made you switch that and since you have switched that have you realized just an overall better feedback from a customer experience standpoint so uh to answer your first question basically when that flip happened was uh, there was there was one time when uh a bunch of projects missed deadlines consistently and those were deadlines missed because of are a misunderstanding of what the client wants or because the client has not fully clarified what they want. Because till the time you don't ask a client for something, they will not give it to you. You will have to, you will have, they they (laughs) kind of expect that. Crazy concepts. Yeah. You have to ask for it. Uh, And uh, we did realize this, that all our projects were reaching like the 90% line and the last 10%, last finishing bit of it was getting delayed. So 90% there, we were, we were always that, uh, everything is working well, but when we come to like the edge case scenarios, when we come to like the handoff where, okay, everything is ready to go. And then the client is like, okay, I think these two things we need to, we need to improve. Th- those are missing. Those are missing. And we couldn't, we could not even tell the client that, uh, we did not speak about those because those were actually spoken about, but they were ambiguous. They are like, okay. This is something which is understood, right? Okay. Something like that. So, uh, neither the client which happens all the time, by the way, for people who don't know the agency world, that is very, very common because yeah. it's like, he said, she said, and it, it's like, why one of my, uh, good friends, um, will from data automation was like, you should record every meeting. Like you should just have it record because you're going to run into those same issues. And that now and I took that advice and started recording every meeting yeah. because you're right. It's, it's like not talked about it's ambiguous but it's like known but it's not known by one party like you really just need to ask like you need to like you really got to go out of your way to ask questions exactly. but go on continue yeah so basically because of that 
our 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 projects did not cross the finish line and that's when the 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 alarm started why the end because see when when you start the project you the the main crux of the project is always understood with the high level scope because with the mm-hmm. client one pager with what you are creating in the beginning you want an inventory management module for example so the core of inventory management is you need sku's you need in and out you need all those things so that core will always be understood but you will reach the hk scenarios towards the end you will always reach where okay how do you do this one small little thing towards the end <laughs> because you wouldn't have thought about that particular scenario while you were beginning and you started developing everything you did the job and then towards the end you are like okay now we are stuck because we don't have full clarity on this we need to ask the client they will also have to think about it they'll come back to you because you started two months back you are asking me now how do i have clarity on this so there's a lot of back and forth towards the end so and uh, in all honesty even i had the same question that why is it happening always towards the end are we are we doing some mistake towards the end so i i tried to diagnose that okay are people getting lazy towards the end or is it because uh, they have better projects to do by the by the time they reach, uh, reach towards the end what's the exact problem but the exact problem always what surfaced was the developers were like i don't know what to do next i am stuck now and i don't know what to do next so either either help me solve that problem and help me ask the right questions to the client and you know when when these things happen people tend to is that a result of not spending enough time scoping exactly exactly like is that a direct result of that is yeah. that what the discovery ultimately is at its that, core that's what we we concluded i hope that's the answer because i i am not as exp- i am just a 2 year old agency owner and i am still figuring out so well yeah i mean there but um i guess in, in the time that you've switched have you have you you know gone end to end with any projects or is it fairly recent no because yeah, gone you, you would you could be able to measure it pretty yeah, clearly if it's helped you've gone end to end with a few projects and yeah. those have been because you now have a to do list you have like 12 items which you are supposed to do to reach the end you have like a complete road map in the beginning itself that if you achieve these things the client also knows if you achieve these things you are reaching the end perfect now there's no way you can go off track the the developers they need a to do list this is what i realized they need a broken down to do list is this is what these are the things that you are supposed which is to. really a road map that's just uh, in and it's a road map it's yeah. like a like a gantt chart of sorts if you want to name it that yeah something like that which you use notion for by the way i do use notion for for that. Yes. It's kind of funny that you use uh Notion internally when you were just blabbing about how Glide is so good internally. Um you... so for documenting things Glide is not that good. Yeah, no. It, it Glide no, no, no. You need like a workspace. Yeah. But no, but um you chose Notion. I think Coda is very underrated by the way. I, I agree. do say that a lot. But um so Notion I don't make sometimes. These are these are choices which uh my team But Notion is great. but notion does everything too i mean it doesn't matter. it's just it's probably things that there's probably nothing that one does that the other one doesn't do that you're actually going to use so um they're quite better, um, better than the other for sure i have no denial over there but i got a good offer on notion i i i bought it oh the free credits like a thousand free credits or whatever something like that oh was that from uh, what you told me not to do so manan gave me really good advice a long time ago 
um, there was, I got reached out to by KP about this, uh, um, on deck, no code thing. And it was this on deck, no code cohort. It was the first one. And so I was like, is this for beginners or, you know, I, I was already running our services company for a couple of years at that point, I think. And, um, and uh, KP was like, you know, it's for everyone of all people. And so I started asking my friends, like, you know, what do you think of this? Like, this is like, should I do it? Should I not? And of course, I go to Manon to get his advice. He goes, absolutely don't do it. Waste of time. Waste of money. This is for beginners. It's awful. Horrible. <laughs> he didn't say those words. He didn't say those words. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Not the words. But his advice was basically go, go the other way. So I did not listen to Manon and I, I decided to do it. And then months later, I'm in the Slack group and I see the OnDeck Slack group and I see Manon post and I'm like so confused. And he's like, yeah, I did OnDeck, no code, the second one, <laughs> right? Oh man, I don't know where I fell dropped off. I don't know where I dropped this off. Is, you were just frozen. But did you hear but I, this, what I was saying was is that this is you what posted I was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You posted something. I want to say I might go out of limb here and say that you posted it was like a showcase thing and it was that um that new york uh you did like a laundromat or you know with it is it frozen again like julia or something like that i don't know um and you were sharing that and i was like what? Looking with and you're like yeah um i i did on deck also and i'm like oh well interesting thanks for the advice you know a few months earlier buddy <laughs> juliet yeah that's what it was yep how did you, how did you overall, what do you think of your on-deck experience? I, it was great. So on-deck experience, honestly, I think. It was? Jonathan, you're frozen. This is frozen. Are you frozen again? No, I can hear you now. My folks, we have technical difficulties as we do like every time. Look how it says on the right, like mine's 13%, yours is 99%. It's always on my end where yep. it's a messed up. But on deck, um, since we're talking about it, um, you were on deck no code two, I believe, right? Two. Two, right. That comes after two. one, right? Of course. I am your junior, if you want to call it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, kind of give people some context on, I guess, what ODNC is and... If you're interested in no code or already in no code, um, kind of uh, how it you know is a good idea, like it helps you or has doesn't help, or why you should do something like that, why you shouldn't. Like, what's your opinion on the whole thing? But first, give context on what it is. I'm losing you, Jonathan. My internet. Yep, it's yours. <sighs> okay. 
Did that all go through? Yeah, yeah. I heard everything that you had to ask for. But I'll answer once you're ready. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready. I it'd be so great if someone's watching this live. I think it's twitch.tv backslash creator economy, by the way. It's gotta look funny. But go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so basically OnDeck is OnDeck is a place where a lot of different no coders come together and build together in the way. Uh and uh it's like a like a cohort for what was it eight weeks, Jonathan? I think eight weeks, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you get to Till the capstone interact with a lot of different people, you uh, get to explore uh, certain different tools, uh, do your own co building sessions, do your own community building sessions, uh, directly get in touch with some of the founders of leading no code tools, etc. etc. So, because of that experience, uh, I met a lot of great people on uh, on deck uh and i could i learned about a few more different tools and at the same time i could share a lot of experience about my glide journey with the people out there so uh, all in all the community is is amazing i mean i am uh, i was quite i enjoyed the community aspect of it and that was back in the lockdown where people are not really meeting each other in in person yeah so, it was so sitting, sitting. That was a huge place. reason why I did it. Actually, I'm meeting a like lot of people across connection. the world. Yeah, exactly. And definitely made a lot of great connections uh, from OnDeck. Uh, and, and it's only going to continue because it just it's it just gets larger and larger and larger. You just yes. it just never stops. Yep. Yeah, I think they're doing something pretty special there for sure. Um, that was that was funny when I when I saw you post on the Slack. I thought that it was hysterical. You might have even told me prior, like, "Oh, you know, I'm doing on deck too. and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you!" Mm. <laughs> so, and you were like a superstar in on deck too, I believe. You were you were like the glide mat. You were, I think you were. Yeah, I was somebody you, who who gave you taught like, classes or something. Uh, yeah, I did like a few community. <laughs> But uh, not really a superstar because I like okay. Uh, I didn't really spend a lot of time on doing things during on deck and because of the agency and stuff like that. But still, it was it was fun. Balancing that was uh, a little tough, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the real world business and then like the community. But how do you value a community? Like, how do you measure like? You know, on deck's not free, and this is just one example. But it's like two thousand dollars, you know, let's say. But it doesn't matter what the price. How do you value a community to you see if it's worth I it mean, or I, not? I wouldn't put that in numbers because uh, a community can offer a lot of things to you. It can offer friendship. It can offer uh, companionship in a way. It can offer uh, a place to but, find mentors. That's all value. Value doesn't have to be in cents of dollars. Okay, so then then you can definitely uh, figure out if... So this is what I've realized. There are two different... Like, in my opinion, there are two two different kind of communities. One is where people come for purely for the transactions, where they're like, give me this, I'll do this for you. And uh, it's, it's business. It's purely... Is that a community? Or is that just a marketplace? <laughs> but there are communities who do specifically like this. Yeah. Something like this. Where... 
for every, sure. Every referral you give is valued, is put, you put, you like, it's counted for. Every time you make somebody introduce with each other, it's accounted for. And you're doing things for bagging a lot of points. So basically, it's all transactional. It's all, you're mentally thinking that, okay, if I do this, I'll get that. Uh, while there are a, a different kind of community where there's nothing on the other side. Like you do things selflessly where the, the opposite person is doing things selflessly and eventually you find, you become friends out of it or you become, uh, you become business buddies, you become, I mean, that's how we didn't really find each other from a community as such. I think, I think we found each other on makeup art for the, uh, to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think so, actually. And we never, really, right? we never really did any any kind of transactions on makeup ad or but, anywhere externally, right? We are but that's a community. I mean, that was a community for sure. Exactly. And that, that was where we were just selflessly helping people out. You were doing the same. I was Correct. doing the same. We got in touch with each other and we just, no, I, I don't want to. Biggest mistake of your life. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that, that, no, I mean, that was extremely valuable. And then, I mean, you know, then down the line, we did a bunch of stuff together, yep. but, um, so, okay. Wouldn't it, this might be dumb to ask, but wouldn't every, how would you what? value this particular relationship? You can't, you can't put a value on that, right? Uh, like our relationship. Yeah. It came through a, too through expensive. A, it, it came through a community, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, um, but like, you know, when you have to decide, like, okay, to be a part of, like, everybody between your first community example and your second community example, everyone wants to be that second or that first, whichever one you said about uh, being selfless and not gamified and helping just to help. Like, that's the, I imagine, like, the real goal of 99%, but some just can't get there, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, so they do that gamification. So it's all like, like, I think everyone's goal is to be that selfless community. Just, it's not so easy to become that. Like how, you know, how, how, how does that happen? Or do you think people aim to be a gamified community with points? I think that's just like a second step because it didn't work. Honestly, I've seen a lot of people building the community just for the sake of building a community. Basically, uh, let <laughs> the community because I'll, I'll have a good network to sell my products to, or I'll have a place where probably a good strategy to be honest. I won't deny it. I won't deny it fully, but, uh, what people wouldn't want to, but, but people can smell like BS and like sale. Like if you're trying to do stuff like that. So now this is the bias, which you think this comes to you intuitively where you can smell BS by looking at things, but not everybody in the world is like that, right? There are a lot of vulnerable people. I don't know. I might, I have a theory that people, no matter how high or low your emotional intelligence, they can somehow human beings just happen to recognize people who are full of shit. More than anything. They're still selling, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. (laughs) Someone's buying. You're right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's true. But I think for, I think of the majority of people recognize it. If someone's, you know, but building a community, by the way, for the record is not easy (laughs) at all. It's extremely hard and it's totally contingent on like engagement and like, 
things that you can only kind of like force serendipity of like, you know, bringing people together at the same time or interested in the same thing, talking about the same subject. And then maybe something develops out of that. But like, it's you just creating those opportunities for serendipity to occur. It's very difficult. Like it's very, it's amazing of like the on decks and the maker pads, you know, amazing. In India, there's, there's a group called uh, BHX, which is called as Beach House, Beach House Experience, something like that, which I had been to this particular experience where 20 different... Is this when you talked about Glide and everyone thought you were like crazy? Like they couldn't believe you could build it? Was that a bit? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, tell the story though. Uh, so basically, that's where like 20, 25 different creative people come together in a villa for like five days and just talk about their life. Okay, so... When I was there, perfect example, by the way, when I was there, what I realized was they, the, the first day we reached over there, they, they did not talk about any, any of our work life, nothing professional. They just focused on what were your, your best times in your life and what were your worst lows in your life. And basically this was natural or this was like a curriculum. It was not a curriculum. It was. It was a bunch of activities which they made us do uh, through a process, but it, it could call it a curriculum in a way. But it was a lot of thinking, like icebreakers, a lot of introspecting on on my own, on our own, and talking about vulnerable situations. Basically, where you literally go ahead and you just speak from the heart, speak speak from your emotions, and because we did that on the first day, by the end of the fifth day, we were all extremely tight-knit because uh, we were in a vulnerable why, And why do you think that is? Why do you think that specifically is? Because I believe I know the answer. If you if you reach a vulnerable space with, with somebody else, you absolutely, you immediately uh, get attached to them. And vulnerability, for sure. We no both question. have been in a lot of vulnerable spaces together, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. But, but, but being vulnerable it definitely drives a connection because it it gets some, there's like trust, there's authenticity, but like also like, Oh, you know, I don't have to be perfect. Like, you know, everyone has their fault. Like yep. it's okay. You know, I can, when you're vulnerable somebody, you can, you can lie to somebody when you're vulnerable. You can fake yeah. vulnerability in a way. Yeah. Uh, you could fake vulnerability. Is that what you're saying? You can't after. No, period. right. I don't think, I don't think you can. And, and if you try, I, people will easily notice, you know, if someone I like that, I think is a human, you know, trait, yep. but that was interesting. So you guys all went person. You didn't, one of the first things any people, any, you know, group of people talk about when they go anywhere is what do you do for work or work life, stuff like that. And you guys did not talk about professional. You had like 25 people and you went like a whole day and you didn't even know what people did for a living and stuff like that. It was totally, we were all in the same room. We probably would have had like one-to-one conversations with, with each other and must have spoken about what do you do? Like, what's your work? Because that's what you will normally naturally speak to somebody when you meet them for the first time. But from the time we were in that room, uh, all of us together with that one person who was leading the community. where So every community has needs to have that one person who's actually uh, hosting the community of sorts. So on on deck, Like the uh, call leader? cohort leader or whatever you call it. On, on, <laughs> what do you mean though? Someone that is more like outward facing or represent or like, is the, like if they left, there wouldn't be a community. Not it's really, kind of, but like, what do you mean? They are the people who facilitate the conversations in the oh. beginning, who, who make 
who try to create the vulnerability in the room or who make the ice breaking process simpler so what we did there was i think i might have the book here somewhere okay great the bible no Man, it's taken out a book that says so this was the book it looks like a journal it was a journal which they handed over to us in the beginning and the first page is like a poem <laughs> like a poetry yeah he sh- he's showing me the first page for anyone who's not watching and it looks like a haiku right that's the right word yes and then yeah the first page they asked us to write three biggest challenges which you have faced in your life uh till date just write that write well, down on sticky notes so we we made like sticky notes like this one yeah three sticky notes and we posted the sticky notes on on one wall over there uh where it was without writing my name so 25 people writing sticky notes over there and then all of them sharing 75 of something like this uh and then so then what what did you do then what was the exercise i'm actually kind of so, curious uh after that uh we were we were asked to make something like like this this, this is a graph okay uh this okay. is a graph so of your life looks, the best looks like time, a timeline yeah like a timeline the just plot the best the high, the biggest highs of your life and the biggest lows of your life on a graph so oh. this, this is an interesting thing uh if you are if somebody asks you for an introduction like jonathan what do you do you'll always mention about the the best things you have done in your life you will never mention the bad parts right like if you are if you're probably not yeah well for me it's hard if if you only have bad parts you have nothing else to talk about but um <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding but um yeah of course you probably you want to it's probably ego but you want to like come up you want to be accepted if you if you're if you're writing a resume you will always write about the good things in your life like the the of course yes right so if you are in a community where you're just talking about your achievements and everybody in the room is talking about your achievements about each other's no value what will happen is everybody in the room will start fa- feeling that okay he is an overachiever i am probably i have faked two of the achievements in in my list but here what, <laughs> what they told us was mention your achievements but mention your downfalls as well mention the worst times of your life as well and that's vulnerability and that's what we started discussing that i started with this then reached here and this was a bad phase for me then recovered here and then right now i'm i'm somewhere in the middle now what i want to do is i want to reach here and these were through the sticky notes and through this exercise we did something like this and that was like a ice breaker for everybody because all of Damn, them that's a, it's definitely an ice breaker that is a deep 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 exercise deep exercise and we started somewhere around in the afternoon we were sitting over there in the same room uh, till midnight everybody talking about their experiences and that was enough for the facilitator to do after that if he ran uh-huh. away it wouldn't have mattered because people are already in that vulnerable space now that was a that that facilitator that host had a plan like that 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 is like a scalable repeatable process that could probably be implemented correctly with the right person in every community you know yep. but um that's a very like calculated uh like community actions that's very interesting yep. that's very cool by the way and that's cool that you were in per- you were in person right it was in person which is also uh i do think really valuable but tying that 
that the importance of that back into, you know, building a business, building an agency, growing in general, what do you do internally to kind of force that vulnerability or how do you lead with the vulnerability? Like what, how does this, all these principles that you're talking about relate to you and your real life and your business? Great question. So my team meets when, when we meet, whenever we do. And thankfully I have a hybrid team where we are partly remote and partly in office where we come to office whenever we feel like we meet just to chill. So, uh, <laughs> literally like, like we, meet, hang out. we meet to hang out or we meet just to brainstorm. We never meet to do, uh, regular work. So if there's like a new big challenge, which is coming through, or if there's a new thing, which we want to launch, that's when we meet. But if there's something which repeated, any repetitive things, which people are supposed to do, they do it at home. And when we meet in office, uh, we, the, the whole team, the culture is in a way where you can wear what you want. You can come at whatever time you want, uh, meet your deadlines, uh, and meet your targets. Uh, and that's, that's all I care for. You can take whatever holidays you want. You can do, you can roam the world if you want to meet your targets. Right. That's, that's the key. So you are very, you're, you, it's very flexible and it's a ton of freedom. Like it's like, it's just then contingent on a really hard non-negotiable of hitting deadlines, no exceptions. Has, have you experienced yet like that freedom infringing on hitting those deadlines and it getting in the way or no? Not really. Or is it appreciated more and therefore they never miss a deadline? It's appreciated. So till now, they, of course, everybody misses a deadline. There's, you know what I mean now? Yeah. But most of the cases, if they miss a deadline, they're apologetic about it immediately. And I will know before the deadline that, okay, things, things went wrong. I am not feeling well today. This is what they, I mean, I'm not feeling mentally okay to, to work on this. This is not something which employees usually, or I don't call my team members yeah. employees. They are always team members. They're always like, I, I name them partners in my company. So there are certain things where there's no hierarchy. That's their job title? Partners? Not really. Like everybody has their own job <laughs> title, but uh, it's a flat hierarchy. So nobody is above each other and nobody calls each other, sir, ma'am, whatever. Everybody calls uh, everybody by names. Uh, we, we do like a weekly fun session where all of us come together to probably play badminton or play a board game or go for Great game or something where we just sit together and enjoy, uh, every week, once a week. Yes. For two hours. Wow. Once a week for two hours, you do something fun with the whole, with the whole team or whoever's in person, whoever is in person, not the whole team, whoever can make it. Is that a requirement that you, do you make that a requirement or is once it, a month, uh, once a month it's compulsory. Ah, so it to, is a part. You have to come for a fun session once a month. <laughs> yes. Interesting. I'm just, is this something that you think would work with a hundred people with 200 employees with three? Do you think it's like imperative that it's there? I am not really sure about that right now. I think it's imperative that individual leaders do it with their teams, but the whole oh, team yeah. cannot do it together probably. But if there's like a complete vertical, which has 10 members, do it with your team at least. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That, that's probably how it would, it would unfold. But right but, now, right now I have a flat hierarchy, but I think 
this by the end of this year it's going to be a lot of leaders arising from this particular pool of people and then we'll be filling a few different people below there so we are still evolving we are still figuring it out but i never mentioned this to you but my whole team is my friends so there's one person who's probably a school friend one is a college friend one is a person who lives in my building somebody's a cousin something like that so the whole team like we are we are 13 right now and uh, uh, there are a few who have come from uh, from a proper hiring funnel as well but most of them are friends so uh, they are indirectly i know them in some way or the other and uh, i just how did they what were they were they not doing anything beforehand like i i imagine they only know of this like they left something to then do, start doing that like how did that go down so see i'm currently 25 yeah so i started my business right after college and there were a lot of people who were right out of college who were trying to figure out what they want to do next there are a few such people in my team who are who did not even know there is uh, like what they want to do next they had this i knew they had this skill they shouldn't they shouldn't it's a stupid expectation people have of others of like what like what do you want to do the rest of your life at like 18 like i don't know and you shouldn't know and it you shouldn't even have you don't even need to know at 25 28 at 30 exactly like, i swear so so that then i was like going to take your time this new thing uh, called glide and motor <laughs> and do you want to explore with me and they're like okay let's give it a shot i have some time oh by the way it was it was locked down also right people were at home people are doing nothing oh sure by force because there wasn't much they could do uh during that time also like some people joined and they're like wow this is this is amazing i'm i'm loving it and they never left so team has grown like that so like, thankfully what, for me, yeah. no go ahead go ahead for me both hiring and clients have been majorly inbound they have they have come to me most of the times where i like what you're doing uh do you think you need a video editor maybe and then i figure out okay do i need a video editor and 15 days down the line okay come back i think i need a video editor <laughs> and then we figure out so yeah uh, i think uh an agency works with the people so the pe- people are the biggest assets which uh the team has and well that's still- why that culture is so important because you need the people to be happy because how you treat your employees is how your customers are going to be treated like that's the truth like they always say customers first and i totally disagree i think it's employees first or what I team first whatever you want to call it what if you want to uh, bring the vulnerability culture in your team have meals with them is what is is a hack which i have realized now whenever you have what do you mean have like uh, on a regular basis just have lunch with them So if you if all of you are having lunch just have lunch together because do people talk more over food than other settings when when they are eating they don't want to think about work so basically when people are eating they are in a space where they are not talking about work there is no formality of sorts and they are in their <laughs> most basic form and uh, when authentic authentic yeah when you start having a lot of uh, meals with them uh, you start sharing food you start uh uh talking about life in general and it's important to talk about to know 
the person from what background they are coming why they are doing what they are doing today what they want to achieve so we have one board inside office where there's there's a there's a wall which is filled with sticky notes of where they see themselves in 3 months down the line or 6 months down the line so where they see themselves and where they see the company to be and our goal is to remove all the sticky notes from that from that board in 3 months so if they if they achieve that they remove that so of course there are a lot of unrealistic expectations also over there but <laughs> we i keep that over there because i go go in the morning and whenever i feel like i i take a glance what, what do people want what what do they they want to achieve and they are also open to see what other people want so that everybody can align their lives accordingly and you know support each other in in those ways so these are things so what i think that's great by the way like i think that's great and i'm just curious how transparent are you with the team with the company and about the business uh, how 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 important is transparency and where do you like do you you know like for example like the social media app and company like buffer is a extremely transparent company where all the salaries are posted on public you know google sheet all this stuff and everyone basically knows everything then there's ones that are like you know like totally different where people kind of are all separated like where's that where's that line in your opinion so in and in how do my, you do it? in my company currently things are not posted out there so nothing is like on a google sheet or something which is easily openly accessible for everybody to watch but if somebody comes and asks me that how much money are you making if they have the audacity to come and ask me for whatever reason and uh, then i try to understand their reason of asking me why do why do they want to know it if there's a genuine reason for that i'm open with that uh, if there's no relevancy and if they just want to want to gossip with, with each other i don't give that away so i have a rule that uh nobody is supposed to share what they are making with the other person if you share it's okay but the other person cannot come to me saying that because he's making so much i want to make so much there's the the uh, i don't like comparison that because so what's he, the rule what's, what's the, rule? the rule it's basically that you can't come to me saying that uh the other person is making so much salary so that's why so I, you I, could you could tell each other your salary but you, you can't use it as leverage other, but you can't come and tell me that he told me that his salary is so much because i don't care i don't care what he told you interesting well so uh i guess how did that come about why why is that a policy or, or how did that become kind of like a because like why do you think it's healthier than because, because the other I, way around i don't like the toxicity of comparison where people are comparing with each other where and that's when it starts that he is doing so much work and he is getting paid so much i am doing more work than him i am better than him pay me more Or, that's definitely a lot of talk in like corporate world and so yeah, like that's a very like real thing at all i mean if you're if you think you're adding so much value tell me you're adding so much value and i'll i'll pay you but don't tell me that because he is getting paid so much pay me so much so that's something which i try to balance okay so um but what about like i mean three like minutes. when i'm three minutes why three more right, but like transparency in the way of like um like you're you know you're the founder you're 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 the ceo you're the top one right like like just like a monthly how we did this month or you know did in we do better than last month like how what do you money? share with that so i always share percentages 
so i i never share that this is the x amount this is the amount we made but i'll i'll tell them that if last month we did x this month we did 1.5x or we have grown the company by 30% or so it's always the number is not absolute they don't know the exact numbers but they know that okay Got the company it. is growing the company is falling and why not why not why not have the exact numbers like even like you know future numbers like to hit absolute numbers and then you put the real one in like why is that bad i don't know if it's bad or good but i personally don't feel comfortable sharing those numbers because then there's a, there's a sense of disparity which is between the team where see i i do think that i deserve a premium because i am yeah of course because i'm doing i'm taking the risks i'm yeah, doing you started it you I took the most risk absolutely and i don't want them to think that okay he's making so much i should make at least so much i don't want that disparity to arise ever so uh that's why i don't I'm want... wondering if it's counterintuitive though if it's that if everything's transparent of how everyone's getting like if you just made that public where everyone sees it there's no like whisper and chatter it's just known you might not agree i i feel like it's counterintuitive but like that would prevent everything cuz it's like here it is they're not nothing secretive is going on it's like great that's it. so this is my perspective here if a person says that i want 10 rup- 10 for example 10 dollars as a monthly monthly salary uh for, my budget would be like 5 or my budget would be 15 none of his concern but he, if he wants 10 i'm able to give him 10 he should be happy but now he wants right. 20 because i am making 100 then it's a problem well no yeah but that yeah, uh, yeah. that that so basically happen, till now what has happened is they have asked me for an amount and i am like that amount makes sense to me i can give it to you yeah but it's fair if it's fair like it's kind of if it's fair it's fair and people know if it's fair and it's it's equally known you know equally and known. then it's come and ask come and ask if you want a raise and then you'll take care of it but don't don't ask me for a raise because i am making more money that's all so basically again right fair is in perspective you want a raise and you think you are adding so much value i will give it to you come talk to me you open door policy because we closed three three more clients this month which are nothing to do with what your job will change and because the company has made more profit i don't want to i mean it doesn't yeah that, that it's got to be directly related to your contribution so um i agree that's an interesting conversation i could go a lot deeper on but to because i know you got to run um for anyone who is one minute like you were years ago and just finding out about no code cuz that's happening on a daily basis right yeah. what are some tips or you know advice that you wish you would have known when you first discovered it that would help maybe you know grow faster or be able to be more efficient or like what would have helped you out that could help someone right now that just discovered it i'll quote you again you you probably quoted this in the podcast in the middle the only plan is that there is no plan you can't <laughs> things you learn on the go so i think everything that you learn on the go is uh the actual experience because there could be like the best gurus in the world who put it in the book and i read it off the book i know you think i didn't know one year one year back that scoping would have been the best thing i should have done i knew it but i was like it's not affecting me why should i care now it's affecting me <laughs> so people care about things which affect them so i would say yes one thing that i would definitely mention is be consistent have a routine because it's important if you burn out i have burnt out three times and i think burning out <laughs> own experience as well 
uh, where because you have burned out, you won't, you will avoid burning out later. But till the time you don't burn out, you're like, what the hell is burnout? I don't know anything about burnout. So I think everything is an experience. You have to go through it to learn. Which is full circle to what we first said is like, you have to, it's kind of like a principle. It's like, you've got to go through it once to know that you know how to fix it or that you need it to be fixed. So where could people, um, where's the best place to find you on the World Wide web and check out your content and stuff. So my website is modernizingprocesses.com. Uh, that's the place where you can find me, but I am somewhat active on Twitter, somewhat active on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> I think I can share the links with you, Jonathan. You can link them below somewhere. Yeah, I'll put in the show notes, whatever, yeah. whatever you but want in there. Feel free to reach me wherever you like. And I'm, I'm not active on social media as much, but on the, on a personal level, I'm quite active. So I can definitely spend time if you want to know more insights about anything. Happy to share. And don't you do some courses like in terms of like Glide and- We are on hold right now. Sure. We, are, we are trying to figure out what we want to do with the courses. Okay. Is there a plug you want to throw in there for that and where to sign up and stuff? Not right now. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here first. There might be an amazing cohort in the future. We do not know. There probably will be because there have been in the past. But Manan, man, um, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and dude, it's just always good talking to you, honestly. Yeah. Like, you're a great friend and a great dude overall. And um, I just appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jonathan. And thanks for taking this, taking this time out. And I hope you're doing well with your health, with your life. And I hope we meet soon. It's been more than two, more than two years, I think. That we Isn't been... that nuts? It's nuts. That's really crazy. And like, there was a long period where we were talking on like a, like a daily basis, Yes. you know, like when everyone was locked up and like, and I, I feel that I have known you since forever. So definitely yeah well because think about it you're so weird like just that connect through such a weird time where everyone's locked up and you know like all like your closest friends can be across the world well yep. that was like you and never met real life i'm, I'm glad but, to um, had that relationship with you all the time so thank you for that thank you for the friendship and thanks for this starting this particular uh uh, podcast where people could be candid enough and could be vulnerable as, as you mentioned on the, on the podcast. So I hope so. I hope so. And I hope I guarantee if, and this will be on the internet forever. So like someone's going to hear this and definitely learn something from your story and, um, definitely bits and pieces we talked about and apply it to their lives. And, you know, and that you can make a living being a creator. I mean, essentially you're a creator. I mean, that's what you are. We uh, and, I don't know what I am because I don't know what yeah. <laughs> you were telling me what I would write on a resume and I'm thinking, I don't know. Like, what would you write? Like I, uh, I interview people. What, like, what are you going to write? Like I'm a, yeah. I, I turn sheets into these apps. I have to go. John. <laughs> See you. <laughs> all right. All right. Wait, 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 Manan. Yeah. Hold on. We're done. Yeah. But let me click stop.